So I'm going to be talking about prayer. And do you know, I've, I'm probably the most nervous I've ever been standing up in front of you today. And, and there's a tension here. There's, there's great nervousness because I'm really excited by what the truth of this means. I'm so, so excited about what the truth of praying in the Spirit means. I'm nervous that you might not get it. So I'm, I'm, I'm praying in the Spirit continually whilst I'm, whilst I'm giving this sermon day because I want you guys to get this because this is so good. This is, this is freeing. This is encouraging. This is uplifting. This is life to our very, very soul. Prayer. So I'm, I just pray. I'm just going to start off and pray right now. Lord Jesus Christ, be with us right now. I'm here. I'm willing to be used by you for your glory. I pray the words that I speak would hit hearts that are willing to receive it. And any word that is not of you, I just pray would just evaporate into the ether. Holy Spirit, meet with us now. We are talking about you. We are looking to you. And we ask, let us not miss your presence here today. Amen. Yeah, come on. Right. I, I want you to understand that today there is only one key thing you must understand about prayer. Okay? There is only one way that your prayer can be effective and of value to yourself and to others. There is only one way. And that is in the Spirit. There's no other way that your prayer is of any worth to man or to God if it's not in the Spirit. So if you can just, we need that basis. In the Spirit is the only way that any prayer is acceptable to God. So if we're going to have to understand what it means to pray in the Spirit, we're going to be looking at three main questions. The first one is, why pray in the Spirit? Next one, what is praying in the Spirit? And the third is, how to pray in the Spirit? And we're going to be mainly looking at the book of Jude. Now, if you've you've ever read Jude, it's a very easy book to read. It's like about 500 words. You can read it in 15 minutes. In fact, there's a great little book because it's kind of like a lunchtime meal, the book of Jude. It's got some great stuff at the start. It's got some meaty content. And it's got one of the best doxologies ever in all scripture. One of the most amazing praise and glorifying God at the end of this verse, at the end of this book. It's, it's an absolutely, if you're thinking, what do I do for my spiritual lunch? Jude. Read Jude. It's good. Trust me. Good. So let's read you. We're just going to start at verse 20 and read through to the end. It says this, But you, beloved, building yourselves up in in your most holy faith and praying in the Holy Spirit, keep yourselves in the love of God, waiting for the mercy of our Lord Jesus Christ that leads to eternal life, and have mercy on those who doubt, save others by snatching them out of the fire, to others show mercy with fear, hating even the garment stained by the flesh. 
Now to him who is able to keep you from stumbling and to present you blameless before the presence of his glory with great joy. To the only God, our Savior, through Jesus Christ our Lord, be glory, majesty, dominion and authority before all time and now and forever. Amen. What an amazing way to finish a book. Why pray in the Spirit? I'm going to tell you a story about a guy called Samuel Zwimmer. He was born in 1865 in Michigan, USA. And at the age of 22, after he had already got a bachelor's degree in theology, he and two friends founded the Arabian Mission in 1889. The next year, 1890, Samuel Zwimmer left America for Bahrain in the Middle East with the one goal, to see God glorified in the Islamic world. Zimmer wrote, The chief end of mission is not the salvation of men, but the glory of God. Zwimmer's motivation for mission was the all-encompassing vision of God. And he summarized his calling like this. With God's sovereignty as basis, God's glory as goal, and God's will as motive, the missionary enterprise today can face the most difficult of all missionary tasks. The evangelization of the Muslim world. Zimmer lived the next 39 years, predominantly in Islamic countries, evangelizing and writing about the Islamic world. During this time, he saw two of his daughters die whilst in the mission field. And on his daughter's graves, he inscribed, Worthy is the Lamb to receive riches. In 1929, he was appointed professor of missions and professor of the history of religion in Princeton Theological Seminary, which enabled him to recruit people for mission, especially to the Muslim world. He was actually given the nickname of the Apostle to Islam. And it was said that he probably influenced more young men and women in America to go on mission to the Islamic world than any other individual in all history of Christianity. In his lifetime, Samuel Zwimmer wrote more than 40 books. Most of these books were about mission and how to preach the gospel in an Islamic world. But there were many of them also that were completely dedicated to prayer. Zwimmer's ability to persevere in the harshest of spiritual places was birthed in the place of prayer and sustained in the place of prayer. Prayer was what kept his heart soft towards the people of the Middle East. Prayer was what kept Zwimmer in the love of God. His confidence of the victory of the gospel in the Middle East, this is amazing, listen to this, his confidence 
in the victory of the gospel in the Middle East was equal to his unshakable belief in the infinite power and supremacy of God. His confidence in the victory of the gospel in the Middle East. Not just the victory of gospel in those people who have already been softened towards it. His confidence in the victory of the gospel in the Middle East was equal to his unshakable belief in the infinite power and supremacy of God. But this poses a question to me. If, according to Zwimmer, God is absolute supreme, that he acts and nothing can stand against him, if God's actions always come to completion, why pray? If God has already said, I will have people from every tribe and every nation. We read in Revelation, every tribe and every, every nation will be there before the throne. If God's already said this, and, and he is supreme, it will happen, why pray? Now, I see some of you there, you're already mouthing why you should pray. You already know, and you're almost itching to come up here and grab the mic, kick me off the stage and say, I'll tell you why, I'll tell you why. There's others of you going... Yeah, why pray? That's a good, that's a good point. Let's scrap the prayer meetings. They're, they're awkward. You're slow to laugh on that one because you know that's what most of you are thinking. Yeah, prayer meetings, they're early in the morning or they're late at night. I don't. Let's scrap those. Great. Others of you are saying, that's a good question. Why, why do I pray? And I hope he's not just going to send us home now, work that out ourselves. I hope he tells us a bit more. It's not homework. I will tell you more about it. For us to understand why we need to pray, why praying in the Spirit is important, we need to go back to Jude. We need to look at verse, uh, we need to look at verse 20 and 21 again. It says this, listen to this. But you, beloved, building yourselves up in your most holy faith and praying in the Spirit... Keep yourselves in the love of God, waiting for the mercy of our Lord Jesus Christ that leads to eternal life. So what's Jude saying here? What he's saying in this scripture verse here is he's saying, if you want to keep yourself in the love of God, if you want to keep yourself in the presence of God, if you want to keep yourself close to God, pray. Do you see that? Do you see how it's saying that? If you want to keep yourself in the love of God, you need to be praying. Who doesn't want to be in the love of God? If you have experienced a smidgen of what God's love is, that's the place you want to be. How do you, how do you keep yourself there? Pray. Pray. Pray in the Spirit. Pray in the Spirit. See, Jude is talking about perseverance here. In fact, the whole book of Jude, the main theme in it is persevering to the end. And if you want to persevere in Christian life, you need to remain in the love of God. And if you want to remain in the love of God, you need to pray in the Spirit. 
But if we just left it there, it would sound like our prayers are what is keeping us in the love of God. It would sound like if I don't pray, I won't be kept. My salvation will disappear. But Jude doesn't leave it like that. And in fact, if you really want to understand what Jude's trying to get at in here, because this is the meat of the, of the whole book of Jude. If you want to understand, you've got to go back to the first verse. The first verse of Jude, it says this. It says, Jude, a servant of Jesus Christ, a brother of James, to those who are called beloved in God the Father and kept for Jesus Christ. So we saw in verse 20, we were to keep ourselves in the love of God by praying. Here we go back to verse 1 and we're saying that actually we're already kept for Jesus. It's not us keeping ourselves anymore, we're, we're kept for Jesus. Well, that, that, doesn't that pose a question? If we're kept for Jesus, who's keeping us for Jesus? Well, Jude's really good because he doesn't leave that unanswered either. If we go right back to the end... Of Jude, and this is why it's a lovely sandwich. We have that doxology, and it says this Now to him who is able to what? To keep you from stumbling and to present you blameless before the presence of his glory with great joy. To the only God, our Savior, through Jesus Christ our Lord, be glory, majesty, dominion. And authority. So, who's keeping us? We're kept for Jesus. We're being kept by the Father for Jesus. See, God the Father was saving the world through Jesus Christ, His Son, for His glory. And it is that same Father who is keeping us for His Son. For glory. So we have two truths running parallel here. God is sovereign and he has kept us. We are responsible, which means we need to pray to be kept as well. Two parallel truths. Praying that we might be kept and at the same time we are kept for Jesus. Now, I, I probably see you here going, that doesn't, doesn't even match up. That doesn't make any sense at all. I get it, okay. It, it took me ages just mulling over this. But these two truths are there. And the best way to describe it is this. God has given us physical life. And he's giving us, given us a means by which we can sustain that physical life. And it's called breathing. But just because God's given us that eternal life doesn't mean we can just go, do you know what, I'll stop breathing now because God's, I mean, he's, he's given me the life, I don't need to breathe anymore. What would happen if I stopped breathing? Quite quickly, I would die. The reason we breathe 
is so that our life might be sustained. And what Jude is saying here is that our eternal life is from God the Father and it's kept in Jesus the Son, but for us to stay, to remain, to keep in that love, we need to pray. So you don't breathe because it gives you life. You breathe because you are alive. Do you get that? It's really important you get this. You don't breathe because that's what gives you life. My breath is what's going to make me come alive. I'm going to breathe, breathe, breathe. No, you're already alive. And so you breathe. This is what it means to pray in the Spirit. You are kept, so you pray, and you will be kept in the love of God. Praying keeps us in the love of God, just as breathing keeps us alive. Do you get that? Is it making sense? Yes. There's a lot of blank faces. <laughs> I'll pray harder. It's all right. I'll pray harder. So why do we pray in the Spirit? It is one of the means by which we are sustained in the love of God. God is our keeper, and he uses prayer as one of the means by which to keep us. I'm going to say that again. God is our keeper. He is our keeper. He is the one who has us. Okay, He has us. Don't lose that. He has us. He's our keeper, and he uses prayer as a means to keep us. Prayer is a means in which he keeps us. Praying in the Spirit keeps our dependency, or better still, praying in the Spirit brings the reality that we are dependent upon the one who has kept us. Praying helps us realize we depend upon him who has kept us. That is why we pray. It's not an add-on. It is who we are. It's all. This is part of Christianity, people. And so I want you to get this because if you understand that actually prayer is not just something we do on a Monday once a month or sometimes on a Sunday morning or Thursday mornings, if you're awake at that time, Don, what do you reckon? <laughs> yeah, not too, not me. Um, <laughs> If we, if we think prayer is only then, we're missing out on something amazing, people. I'm not just talking about a little bit of, wow, yeah, I felt spiritual today. No, I'm talking about life-giving. I'm talking about energy. I'm talking about the very substance of our spiritual life. If we want to understand anything to do with the love of God, do you know where we need to be? In prayer, in the Spirit. We do. We need to be in prayer. Samuel Zwimmer understood. He understood the why we must pray. But he understood also what it is to pray in the Spirit. In one of his books on prayer, Zwimmer wrote this. True prayer is God the Holy Spirit talking to God the Father in the name of God the Son and the believer's heart is the prayer room. 
Wow, did you hear that? I'm going to read that again because this, I saw that. I'm just like, who is this guy? Who is this swimmer? Listen, true prayer, praying in the Spirit, true prayer is God the Holy Spirit talking to God the Father in the name of God the Son and the believer's heart is the prayer room. Do you know, (laughs) the triune God, all of God, the fullness of God, and they're praying in our heart for us. Prayer should be one of the most natural things a born-again, spirit-filled believer would do. Why? Because the fullness of God is in there in the prayer room. The prayer room's in there already. If your prayer life is not transformed when the Holy Spirit comes in, then I would say the Holy Spirit probably didn't come in. Because it's inconceivable that your prayer life would not be transformed. It's inconceivable that the fullness of God praying in your heart for you to God through Jesus Christ would not transform your prayer life. I can't see how it wouldn't. My experience is, it does. So women found that praying in the Spirit was not a form of prayer. Praying in the Spirit is prayer. We don't have multitudes of different ways to pray, and and in the Spirit is one of them. No. And this, and this is referring to tongues as well, people. We can pray in tongues and that's great. And I believe that praying in tongues is for us and for believers. Yes, I do believe that. But that does not mean praying in the Spirit. The definition of praying in the Spirit is not praying in tongues. You can pray with the knowledge of what you're saying... And you can pray in a heavenly language that you don't quite get. And all of that is praying in the Spirit. And so if you're just if if you don't have the gift of tongues, it doesn't mean that you don't pray in the Spirit. You do. You have to. There's no other way you can pray to God. Whether we pray in the quiet of our room or Pray aloud in public, whether it's in church with praise or on our knees with weeping. Whether it's in our own language or in a heavenly language. It's all to be in the Spirit. This is what the Apostle Paul meant in Ephesians 6.18 when he urged us to be praying at all times in the Spirit with all prayer and supplication. Hear that? Praying at all times in the Spirit. Praying at all times. Praying, not some of the times, not only in tongues. Praying at all times in the Spirit with prayer and supplication. That's our default. All prayer, therefore, should be in the accordance, in accordance with the will of the Father. And this is the role of the Holy Spirit, to help us know what His will is. Now, this may sound easy, 
But I tell you, God knows that it is not easy to pray in the Spirit and to pray the will of God. He knows it's not. Because do you know what the Apostle Paul says in Romans? Listen to this. This is a bit that will free you. This is a bit that frees me every time I read it. Okay, listen to this. It says, Likewise, the Spirit helps us in our weaknesses. For we do not know what to pray for as we ought, but the Spirit himself intercedes for us with groanings too deep for words. And he searches hearts. And he who searches hearts knows what is the mind of the Spirit because the Spirit intercedes for the saints according to the will of God. God knows that we can't do it. He knows it's not easy to pray in the Spirit. He knows it. And he goes, not only do I know it, I'm going to tell you that I know it. And I'm going to tell you that I've given you the Holy Spirit so that you would be empowered to overcome your weaknesses so that you would pray in the Spirit at all times. The the Puritans used to say, uh, do you understand what I mean by Puritans? For for you that don't understand, Puritans were back in, I think it was like the 17th century. They um, were from England and they were persecuted by the the Church of England because they wanted to get out of all the religious relics and all, all that kind of stuff. They wanted to get back to the pure uh, word of, of, of seeking God with your whole heart. And they were persecuted for all that. And so what they decided to do, the Puritans decided to pack their bags, get on a boat, and go over to America. And they set up whole colonies, and they, and they lived in a, in a place where they could actually were free to worship and praise God without any of the ruling and heavy authority of the church at that time, which was, which was still very much, very, very much in the throes of Catholicism at that point. But these Puritans, they, they dedicated themselves to prayer. And they actually had a saying that they say, you pray yourself into prayer. You pray yourself into prayer. So what, do you, what does that mean? Well, we get up to pray early in the morning, and we're like, okay, my eyes are open, I'm standing up, but my soul's still in that, that bed sleeping. Yeah. <laughs> and so what do we do? God, help me to pray. I'm willing, but I'm struggling. Come give me the power of your Holy Spirit to pray. And what do we do? We're praying ourselves into prayer. The Holy Spirit comes, and you'll find this every time. I, I, I challenge you not to start off, when you're feeling weak, to start off praying, praying for God to help you to pray. My experience is he turns up, because he knows it. He says here, and the, and the way we do this is we say, you said you would turn up. He goes, I know, I will turn up. You pray yourselves into prayer. He knows our weakness. He knows our inadequacies. Our lack of desire to pray at times is not surprising at all to God. But he doesn't leave us in the place because he knows that it is a thing that keeps us in his love. So he gives us the power of his Holy Spirit so that we can pray in the Spirit. But it's even better than that. I'm, I'm, hope, I'm hoping you're getting this because this is just so exciting to me. 
It's, it's, even, it's, it's even better than him just empowering us to be able to pray. God tells us to pray in his name. He says, bring your petitions to me and I'll answer them. If you pray in my name, I will answer you. Whatever you ask in my name, I will do. But the best part is this. The Holy Spirit comes along and he says, I will be your personal assistant. I will write your petition to the Father. If you can't even put two words together, if you can't do nothing but just groan, I will write out and frame this in such a way that it will be acceptable to God. So we don't even have to get more than two words out. And the Holy Spirit's coming along and says, I'm going to write it. Look, yep, got it. And he writes it all out, our longings and our desires, in such a way that when he presents it to the Father in heaven, the Father goes, I know exactly what you mean. Doesn't that exist? I mean, to me, that is so freeing. No longer do I have to think, how eloquent do my words need to be? How much do I need to say? Can I pray now? Do I pray later? If I speak up now, will I look foolish? It doesn't matter because the Holy Spirit takes whatever foolish thing comes out of our mouth when it is down from the deep longing of what has been put in there by God and he, and he transcribes it in a way that is fully acceptable to God. I don't have to say any magic phrases. I don't have to say any liturgy that makes God understand what I'm trying to get at. I don't I, This has just lifted a burden off me. This is so amazing. I hope you're getting this. I really do. Not only that, in, not only is our prayers written out by the Holy Spirit and presented to God, it says it's put on an altar before the throne of God. All the prayers of the saint in Revelation 8.3. It says all the prayers of the saints are on the altar before God. And do you know what God does? He goes to an angel. So here, transcribed by the Holy Spirit, put onto the altar. And then God says to an angel, here, I'm going to give you some incense to pour over those. And it just doesn't say a little bit. It says, actually, it says, where's it go? It goes, much, yeah. It says, much incense was given to the angel to pour over the prayers of the saints. In such a way that it infuses with our prayers and the whole of heaven smells of the prayers of the saints. Do you get that your little groan, transcribed by the Holy Spirit, put on the altar above the throne of the King of Kings, infused with the incense of heaven so that all of heaven smells the fragrance of the prayers of the saints? Do you get that? It blows my mind. I can't comprehend how my little feeble little <laughs> fills the throne room of heaven with the fragrance of that prayer. Praying keeps us in the love of God. But the Holy Spirit 
If it's in the Spirit, my goodness, all of heaven, all of heaven knows of it. You know what? I'm sorry, I've just completely gone. Right. So what is praying in the Spirit? It is when the substance of our prayers are no difference from the intercession of the Holy Spirit. I love this. This is what Charles Spurgeon says. He says, Praying in the Spirit is the shadow of the omnipotence of God. It is a foretaste of the working of the Almighty God. When our wills are influenced by the Holy Spirit, they become indicators of God's will. Amazing. When God's people pray, when God's people pray, it is a blessing. It, it, it is because the blessing is coming. And their prayers are the shadow of the coming blessing. Do you get that? When the people of God pray, it is because the blessing is coming. We pray because we know that God's going to bless. And then our prayers are the foreshadow of what God will do and will bless. We pray because we see the blessing coming. That's what it means to pray in the Spirit. Praying in the Spirit is praying in the will, power, and love of the Holy Spirit. How to pray in the Spirit. There's three, three main things I want to pull out of this of how we pray to help us. This is very... And Jude, Jude starts with this and says in that verse 20, it says this, it says, But you, beloved, building yourselves up in the most holy faith. Well done, Abby. No, you just, just pretend I, I, I thought you knew it all. Faith. Faith is the start of it. How do we pray in the Spirit? We have faith and trust that God said he'll turn up, that he said that he would teach us what to say, that he would teach us his will, we trust that he'll do that. We start off with faith. Our faith is in trusting that God has given us his Holy Spirit and that his Holy Spirit will help us to pray. And to do that, we have to freely admit, we have to admit that we're completely dependent upon the Holy Spirit to pray. We don't trust our own flesh, our own abilities. We look away from our own inadequacies and we look and trust the Holy Spirit to come and write, write the will of God on our hearts that we would pray that. We need the faith to trust that God's going to turn up. The first thing we need to do, though, is we need to train ourselves to wait. We need to train ourselves to wait for the Holy Spirit to turn up. It's not an easy thing to do, especially in this day and age where waiting can be easily filled by me just grabbing my phone out. I've got 30 seconds. Or, I've just read the Bible, that's great, now I'm going to watch some TV, now I'm going to go do the dishes, now I'm going to... We need to train ourselves to wait. And the last of, the, of these, of the three things, 
is we need to be shaped by the Word of God. Those people who love to pray love the Word of God. It is our first port of call for understanding the will of God. If you want to understand the will of God, read the Bible. It's the first place that we will get a glimpse of the will of God. We start by reading the, the Scripture. We don't just read the Scripture. It says, it says that we should meditate on it day and night. So it says, pray without ceasing, meditate on the Scriptures day and night. It's the same thing. It's, it's intertwined. When we pray, we pray the Scriptures. In fact, it's really healthy if we pray Scriptures, pray the promises of God. That's what I said earlier. When you pray yourself into prayer, you're praying Scripture. God, help me. Those three things, I think, will be very helpful. One, wait. Wait on God. Two, trust and have faith that he'll turn up, that the Holy Spirit will teach you the will of God. And three, you need to love the word of God. You need to meditate in it. In fact, you need to marinate in it. You need to soak in it. It needs to be so much a part of who you are that your thoughts are actually shaped and renewed and you think Scripture. That's what it means. Infusing with our, our being, then we pray. We just pray out of that. We pray out of the Scripture that God's put into us. So why do we pray? Praying in the Spirit is the breathing of the Christian life. Praying in the Spirit, is a breathing of the Christian life. If you don't want to be a dead Christian, no such thing, but you need to pray. What is praying in the Spirit? Praying in the Spirit is praying in the power, the will, and the love of God through the Holy Spirit. I want to finish by reading you something that I believe is beginning to happen in our church. And I see it more and more happening in other churches and regions beyond, which is the family of churches that we're part of. It is delightful to some of us to believe that the Spirit of God is the author of the great wave of prayer now breaking over the churches to which we belong. It was not of our devising or planning, but it was the motion of God's Holy Spirit upon a few who desired to spend a day in solemn prayer and found such blessing in it that they could only tell others of it. That then others spontaneously moved and without difference of opinion all said, Amen, let us meet together for prayer also. The spirit of brotherly kindness and love was given to our churches and then a spirit of earnest desire to bring down a blessing from God. We have known the time when it was not so. We have known the time when a day of fasting and prayer, if not despised, at any rate, would not have been appreciated as it will be now. We are of one heart in this matter and I know from communications with many Christian men that many of God's people already feel as, I, as if they were particularly in prayer, as if it were no effort now to pray, but as if it were the very breath now to breathe. 
Let me read that again. God's people already feel as if they were particularly in prayer, as if it was no effort now to pray, but as if it were their very breath now to breathe out longing desires for the revival of saints and the gathering in of sinners. This was written in 1866 by Charles Spurgeon. I believe that we are seeing something of this happening again. And my prayer for you is this. Keep yourselves in the love of God by praying in the Spirit. Lord Jesus, I just thank you so much that you don't leave us with our inadequacies and our weaknesses, our feeble attempts to try and conjure up something. That you don't say join more prayer groups and prayer circles and fasting. You say, accept my Holy Spirit. I pray for us this day and I pray for us in the days to come that we would keep ourselves in the love of God by praying in the Spirit. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen.